How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's get the latest on the crew from insider Adam McCalvey. Brought to you by the Law Offices of Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. This is the only station Brewers fans need. Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I get called to fill in tonight for the franchise, Tim Allen, and I get spoiled because it just happens to be the same night that Adam McKelvey joins uh, the Bayview Shed and Blind postgame show. Unfortunately, I come in, so they lose, but what are you going to do? 4-3, Indians over the Brewers. Uh, I guess there's uh, all kinds of storylines in this game, and the first of which is going to be Josh Hader finally giving up a hit, and it comes uh, in his first loss of the season, Adam, uh, in the bottom of the ninth as the Indians walk off on him. Well, there was a high probability, or at least a better than zero, you know, a decent probability that that's the way it was going to go because that's his role. And if he's coming in in a tight game, um, you know, every hit is going to be big. So it was a pitch up. I mean, he lives up there with the fastball, so I don't know that it was necessarily like a mistake pitch. Then the wild pitch puts him in trouble with the drawn in infield, and and there it goes. I mean, I don't think anyone thought he was going to go hitless the whole season, but, you know, the nature of this game, tie game, and look, aggressive usage of your closer, right? I mean, there were days there in the old days, you don't use your closer tie game on the road, on the road, but uh, you know, he's, he's their best guy. They're going to put him out there against a really good team in a 60 game season where they want to win the game. Um, So, you know, there's offensively storylines galore there as well. Keston Hira uh, hits another home run tonight. Uh, That's three games in a row. I said earlier, uh, in the show, I, I thought when here was coming up, he did 20 to 25. Man, I, you watch him last year after he gets called up. You watch him now. This dude might hit 30 home runs a year for this Brewers team. Yeah, Sophia Minard had the stat second fastest to 30 career homers in Brewers history behind Ryan Braun. So, wow. um, you know, and it's a lot of opposite field power. And it looks like it's going to come in bunches. Um, he's got to cut down the swing and miss in his yes. game. There's no doubt about that. And it's swing and miss in the zone. I wrote about him last night, and it was Will Salmon from The Athletic pointed out the great stat that Keston Hira has the highest swing and miss rate in the zone Yep. Uh, in Major League Baseball. So, you know, he's too good a hitter, I think, for that to become like an annual thing. Um, he's a really good offensive player. They need to figure out long-term is either second baseman. This year they're going to maybe try him a little bit at first base just out Horrible. of need. Well, they just need to figure out for for long term. I don't I don't know that that's going to be the long term. Maybe it's left field eventually for him. Um, but he's worked really hard at second base to try to get better. 
but the metrics still say it's you know it's it's way below average there. But the bat is what is I mean that's what's going to keep him here. That's what's going to make him potentially a special player. And and when you see a stretch like he's in right now, where it's all this opposite field line drive power, uh, it looks like it you know there's there's potential there for it to be really good. I, I just. I- I just keep using the same comparison to being a Brewers fan. And that is I watched Ricky Weeks suck defensively at second base forever. Uh, and they left him there. They never moved him to the outfield and his bat. I don't think is nowhere close to what Kessinger's well, bat they is going to be at the end. They at the very famously, end. Famously, he's a second baseman. Uh, look, I wouldn't put Keston here in the same category because for Ricky, it sometimes was like, it looked like maybe he was playing second base with a frying pan. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, he's one of my favorite players ever, one of the toughest players ever, but he did not have the best glove ever. Kesson here has got a good glove. It's it's the arm that it's gives the him throw. Trouble. Yeah, it's a throwing. Yeah, no so, question. And it's a it's a it's a decently strong throwing arm. It's just the accuracy. So it's all footwork, and that's why him and, and Bob Missick worked all spring like crazy on that. Yeah, get out there but, like seven o'clock in the morning or whatever, seven thirty in yeah. the morning, and working working out right. Yeah, and, and they just, you know, he was really committed to it, and they were really committed to keeping him there because if he can if he can stick at second base and be capable there, you're talking about a plus-plus-plus player. At first base, it's maybe a little different in terms of what the production is that you want to get in that position, although that is, as we have learned uh, pretty much since Prince Fielder departed, a theoretical exercise. I, I don't think the Brewers have done a great job of getting offense at first base. Eric Thames was a good player. I shouldn't despair. No, but Thames. No, but, but you're right. Don't backtrack. Just to find what you somebody. Yes. Just to find somebody who can be there and just be the guy. They Correct. Found that. We talked about that earlier in the sh- uh, in the show tonight too. Going back to our conversation uh, on the big show. The other guy that we got to talk about here is Vogelbach because look, they get rid of Justin Smoke, which again, I, I wasn't a fan of that move to begin with to bring him in. So now you get Vogelbach, and I said yesterday on the big show that it's worth it. Look, dude's coming off an all-star season, didn't exactly have the highest batting average, but at least he's got some power. <laughs> that plays in Miller Park. He's yeah. only going to be a DH for the most part. I don't think they even want to see him at first base very much. No. Uh, but through a couple of games, he's hitting the ball well. It is the all-time like trying to catch lightning in a bottle move. Yep. There's zero risk. He can be non-tendered at the end of the year. There's no commitment. Um, if they catch lightning in a bottle and he turns out to hit a bunch of homers and we'll see what happens with the DH going into the I next think season. it stays. Well, I, I probably do too, but I think that's a big factor. No in doubt. What happens with him for the long term. Sure. But if, if you catch lightning in a bottle, you've got him for three years and you've got a power hitter um, that you can throw in your back pocket. So I, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's good that he gets a couple of hits to start. I mean, he's got three hits in two games as a brewer. He had five hits for, with the Mariners and, and Blue Jays to start the season. So he's, he's on a, a better pay. And, and look, I, I, I'm a believer in, like, for stuff like that to happen early is a big deal. A guy needs to get a little bit of traction. And, um, you know, he talked about being still confident in his ability and to just pay off a couple ground ball singles and then a, a big hit tonight. If Brandon Woodruff, you know, to me, the story of, look, the offense was bad again tonight. Well, bad. The offense didn't come through tonight. I mean, they had lots of traffic against a really good Indians pitching staff. They're putting tons of pressure on a really good Indian staff. But tonight they just didn't cash in. The story for me and the one I'm writing is Brandon Woodruff. That Um, was my next topic. He's had nine starts now. He's gotten through six three times out of nine starts. And this is your ace, your leader 
uh, in this staff. And Tim Allen loves him some Brandon Woodruff. Uh, and I like Brandon Woodruff a lot, too. And I think he can be that that guy eventually. But he's got to be able to pitch deeper into games for this team right now. Yeah, and he's getting stuck. He's hitting a roadblock in the fifth inning for some reason. And, you know, I, I in this, the story tonight, I'm looking, I'm thinking back in my memory bank. Wrigley Field, no hitter into the fifth. All of a sudden, boom, 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 he's out of the game, and Freddie Peralta came in and really saved it, and they won that game. Next start in Minnesota, fifth inning, you know, runs into trouble, and he's out of the game with one out in the sixth. So he's he's he is hitting, for some reason, a, a, a block in the middle of these games. He is really upset about it. He carries himself like an ace. He talks like an ace. He believes in his ability to pitch seven, eight innings every time he takes the mound. And he's got some really special numbers to back that up. I mean, he is not pitching well. He's pitching poorly, and he comes into today's game with like a 3-6 ERA. So the standard is very high for him. But to me, one of the big stories so far of the season is that they are 4-5 and five now in games Brandon Woodruff starts. Last year, they were 18-4. and four. They just they won behind him. He found a way to win games. So... That is a that's something, he, and he said tonight he's got um, three weeks to kind of figure out what's happening in the middle of games, and he's finding these positives um, because he was ticked off his last start before he went home for the baby, where he gave up runs against the Pirates, and he said he just couldn't quite believe that he had given up four runs in five innings. And today he said, you know, not getting through five innings is a disgrace. So his frustration meter is on 10 right now, and yeah. he's very determined to make something of these remaining weeks. We're going to hear from Brandon Woodruff uh, coming up with the next segment after we're done talking with you. Talk with Adam McKelvey of Brewers.com. It was good. I think it was, I think it was, I think it's enjoyable because he really was, I think, reflective and he was, um, you know, there was accountability for sure. Like he feels like this game was on him. Talking with Adam McKelvey of Brewers.com and MLB.com here on the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. I've only got one more for you. Williams and Hayter probably pitching the, the best uh, as far as everybody on this staff. After that, who would be your next couple of pitchers that, you know, when they get the ball, you feel pretty confident in? Oh, God, I mean, Corbin Burns is throwing the ball. Yep. Incredible. And when, again, when you look at, you stand back and kind of look at the numbers, there is so much to love about what he's doing. Now, his next step is to get out deeper into games. And last night, he pitches in the seventh inning for the first time as a starter. Which is so big. He's, and, and it is. And, you know, what's going to get him is he strikes out so many guys that, and Woodruff can be the same way, where that can be detrimental in terms of pitch count, especially in an era where pitch counts are gospel, and especially this season where you have extra guys, so your bullpen is, everybody has pretty fresh bullpens on a rather on a nightly basis almost. So there's there's incentive to go make a move earlier in games. There, there have been plenty of games where... Um, even Josh Lindblom, his numbers aren't good. He had mm. more pitches to give, or Anderson, or Wood, you know. So um, I think Burns is on the precipice of being really special because, you know, go, there's this site, I'm biased, MLB.com. Baseball savant is so fun to just go play around on, and you can pull up a guy's page. And the thing I love about it is it gives you context. It tells you, like, Brandon Woodruff's cutter, which is his, the, the key pitch for him this year. That's why he's better. It is, you know, like 101% better movement than the average cutter in baseball. It, it gives you context for what you're seeing and not just, you know, the numbers sometimes can 
they don't mean anything. And the aim with this site is to kind of provide what does this actually mean? And and the Brewers have a couple of guys that are pretty fun to go, you know, play around on and just see what they're doing. Obviously, Devin Williams is number one. He's just it's just insane. A pinching Ninja Twitter account that I'm sure you follow. Oh, yeah. uh, and everybody else follows. tweeted out, you know, Devin yeah. Williams, best changeup on the planet right now. Yeah. And then they put out a video of his changeups from tonight. So yeah, and he's right around. I don't know how many he threw tonight, but going in, he was just a tick over fifty percent. He's throwing his changeup more than his fastball. Which yep. I was looking at Trevor Hoffman tonight. Trevor Hoffman threw in his highest season. It was like thirty three point nine percent changeups. It felt like he threw a changeup every time because it was Bugs Bunny. <laughs> um, Williams is actually throwing the thing more than half the time. And it is just an absolutely devastating pitch. It's really fun to watch. And, and it's, you know, the, the, look, you've killed the Brewers. Everyone's killed the Brewers for not being able to develop pitching. Well, here's a guy they developed. They got through Tommy John surgery. Um, and he's come into his own as a pitcher and really kind of as a, a man in the clubhouse in a season where his perspective has been really valuable to everybody. I said it, I said it earlier, uh, I don't know, last couple of weeks that the highlight of this season for me has been the development of all this young pitching. Like I, I can't remember any time where they've had these many guys come through their farm system. Now I know Hauser, they got in a trade, but he's been here long enough in their farm system. I'm just going to give them credit. So Hauser and Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, Again, another guy in a trade, but was here yeah. through their farm system. Peralta, Devin Williams. I mean, these guys all kind of came up through their farm system. I mean, multiple guys from their farm system. What, Gallardo and Parra was the last time they had multiple guys on the roster at the same time that they developed, uh, you know, on, on the roster? This is this is a big, big deal for this Brewers team if they can keep them together and continue to develop. And like we've talked about, find somebody that can play at first and third and hit. This team could be set up for a while, but the next step is making sure they stay healthy and continue to develop and then find a couple more hitters for this lineup. Yeah, and Brent Suter, too. Don't forget him, a late-round pick. who's That's a another one. Homegrown guy and, and pretty valuable. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the, the their pitching has been pretty solid. We're watching the development of these young guys, and there's ups and downs. Um, absolutely. Adrian Hauser is probably the biggest roller coaster guy right now where he'll do some stuff for a sequence of hitters, and he'll be like, oh, my God, like this guy's really good. Yep. And then it gets away from him. Ground ball guy, a couple ground balls get through, and it's, it can get ugly quickly. So you're watching the development of these players. But, I mean, they got to back them with some hits. And I, that's been the encouraging thing lately is they're, they're scoring some runs. I mean, tonight they were lacking, like, the they had lots of opportunities to blow the game open. But, I mean, still they're fighting into these games and they're forcing a bottom of the ninth. Um, they they'd won five of seven before that, and they're averaging better than seven runs a game in the victories. So they're showing something as an offense, and it's Hira getting going. It's here and there. It's Yelich. Uh, it's Orlando Arcia being pretty good. It's Urias continuing to perform. They're getting a little bit, but, I mean, still it is – if they're the, the offense still probably is the big thing you have circled and are they going to hit enough well in order to finally get over this 500 hump i i said this earlier if and i know this probably is not going to happen so let me just say that first but if they were to play braun at first base and let garcia uh play out there as well now all of a sudden this lineup uh, i think becomes even more dangerous if garcia can be in that lineup with Hira, with Yelich, with Braun, with Vogelbach, now you can argue you're, you know, possibly 
five, six deep, finally, of guys that can actually hit at this point. And if you throw Arcia in there, if he can continue doing what he's doing, you might be able to get some offense going. Because that's really the one thing that they're kind of just lacking right now. If they can catch fire offensively for a week or so, they could pretty much guarantee themselves a playoff spot at this point. Yeah, for some reason, they don't want to play Braun at first base. And I don't know if that's the best, you know, we... It's so hard to understand some of this stuff when you're you just can't be in the clubhouse. Correct. You know you you ask yep. you can, we can ask Craig Council about it on a Zoom, but it, it's just not the same. It's it's harder to understand the thinking on, on some moves like that. But our, my understanding, based on what we talked about with Council after the smoke move, is they they do not see Ryan Braun playing a lot of first. It it sounds like it's more likely to be Jerko, yep. Jace Peterson tonight. Uh, Matthias, who's been a good little player for him so far. He's been a great utility player. Um, and and then, you know, maybe we'll see Keston here. He's been working, apparently, before the games the last couple of days. So I we'll love, see if they give that a shot. I love talking to uh, Adam McKelvey. I do. I love our conversations. Uh, and at the end here, the last one, I said that before, but we know you are a, a candy du jour, right? You love your candy, right? And all that. <laughs> yes. But I, not I, at 1041 I, at night, though. Oh, well, not me. Um but but I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I bought the other day, I forgot where I even bought it from, but it was a container of chocolate-covered cashews. That's what I thought they were. And then I bit into it, and it was chocolate, caramel, and cashews all together. And I was like, huh. I said, you know, I've never really asked Adam McKelvey about that. Are, are you into any of that stuff, like chocolate-covered raisins, chocolate-covered mm. peanuts? Are you into any of that stuff? No, I could kind of do without chocolate. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, that. it's not I bad. Yeah, it's no, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, Brandon yeah. Woodruff. He's not bad. He's just not <laughs> as good as he can be right now. Yes. Chocolate's not bad. It's just not as good as yeah, the I starters. For, I forgot you didn't like chocolate. That's totally my fault. I apologize. Adam, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. We'll talk to you next All right. week. All right. Good night. There he is. Good night. Adam McKelvey uh, joining us here on the Bayview Shed and Blinds postgame show. I'm the fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 